Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. Welcome back to the Educated Home Buyer Live. My goal is to help you buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. As you can see this week, I am by myself. We're on a different night. I have no expectations as to how many people is going to show up, what the questions are going to be, if anybody's going to ask any. I'm out of town tomorrow for about a week and wanted to make sure that I, you know, I was here to answer any questions to help educate if possible and really help guide you guys in the right direction. So the biggest news over the last week is probably interest rates. Um, interest rates shot up at the end of last week, the 10 year. I don't know, actually, maybe we were we were already on live uh, last Wednesday when we talked about this, but I think it maybe came on Thursday where, I think it was Wednesday, where the 10 year peaked um, above uh, 4%, we're back down, we're in the three six range at the moment. Um, yeah, interest rates are are you know somewhere in the mid six percent range at the moment. They peaked over seven percent, so a lot of volatility in the market. Um, we're finally starting to see again a little bit of stability here this week, um, but we don't know what's to come, right? I mean, inflation is the big talk. If you're in California, you know gas prices are up substantially in just a short period of time. You know, my understanding is that's not a nationwide thing, but just that in California, to me, if if that's impacting other states like it is here, inflation numbers are likely to read hot again, which again brings in additional problems, additional volatility, and what have you. At the same time, CoreLogic came out just a couple of days ago and gave their housing price, you know, forecast, if you will. They're still saying around 3% year over year of August next year. So they're thinking next year, about the same time as this year, we're going to see about 3% in appreciation. Um, at the same time, they said that we've seen a, a price decline from the highs, about 2% nationwide uh, from the June high. So they're saying the average homeowners lost about $8,800 in value. So, you know, to each his own. Some people have lost a little bit. Some people have lost none. Some people have lost a little bit more. I'm sure we're going to dive into this in some of the questions today. Uh, but, you know, when we talk about affordability, you know, the biggest driver, as many of you guys know, has been interest rates, the impact that interest rates have had on that, that monthly mortgage payment. And so this actually comes out of a newsletter that I subscribe to, uh, reports on housing here locally. And it just shows, I mean, what... You know, for the median detached home um, in Orange County, what that payment looks like where, you know, with regards to the interest rate. So as you can see, you know, going back when when interest rates were at the low, say 2.74%, that mortgage payment was roughly $3,400 on, on that particular property. Now, interest rates being more than double at 6.7%, that same payment is nearly $7,000. And that is why demand is slowed. That is why homes are sitting on the market longer. And quite frankly, that's why inventory is actually pulled back because, you know, sellers are looking at that going, okay, I don't like where I live or I want to sell, I want to move. I've got, you know, however many kids here, I need a bigger house, but home prices are more expensive and interest rates are nearly double. I'm not willing to take on that big of a difference in the payment and therefore things sit and we kind of trudge along, which is what we're seeing at the moment. So Hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight if you weren't already following it. I'm sure you guys were, but uh, yeah. So again, I'm here by myself. I'm here. I'll do my best to answer mortgage questions. It's been a while since I've been in that game. Um, you know, it's been almost 10 years since I've, I've, I've been an active uh, mortgage professional, but I did it for almost 10 years as well. So if you have real estate questions, you have mortgage questions, put them in the description or put them in the comments. I'll do my best to get to them. Uh, but what we're going to do here is just dive into it. I have no expectations tonight. As I mentioned, this might be an hour. This might be two hours. It might be 45 minutes. It really just depends on the activity in the chat, you know, how active you guys are. You want me to be here. So with that said, uh, Kevin is watching from Lakeland. Good to see you, Kevin. Hopefully the hurricane treated you well. Yeah, anybody that was a 
affected by that in Florida. Uh, prayers, positive vibes your way. I know a lot of people were, were impacted. Big, so um, never a good thing. I, I grew up in North Carolina. That's actually where I'm headed back uh, tomorrow uh, to see family. And I went through a lot of hurricanes in my life. Um, nothing as bad as, as what the Florida just saw. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, I can relate a little bit. All right, let's see. So Yastinia says, can you talk about the housing market in Tennessee, specifically Williams County and Rutherford County? I can't, unfortunately. I don't know either of those counties um, well enough. I don't know Tennessee well enough to be able to tell you exactly what's going on. What I can tell you about Tennessee is I actually have a couple of clients that are getting ready to move there. Uh, we just had a conversation this week. In fact, I talked to their agent in, in Tennessee, their agents in Franklin, which is outside of of Nashville. I don't know what county that is. That might be one of the county counties that you're talking about here, but those buyers are still having trouble finding a property in that market out there. They can't find what they're looking for. There's very little inventory. Um, they're actually considering renting for the short term while they try to find something because I guess, you know, as, as the winter comes, obviously it affects the market a little bit more than say here in the Southern California which is probably going to impact inventory. So they're not real sure if they're going to be able to find something this year, if they're going to have to wait till next. But in that market, inventory is relatively low. So, you know, depending on where you are and where you're looking, it might be a similar story. Um, you know, I always update you guys here in Orange County where I am about inventory. It's usually on Wednesday, so we're a day early. So the numbers might be a little bit off if you were doing week over week or trying to really keep a stat in it, on it rather. But today we're at 3,601 properties as I came on the show. Uh, that's about the same as where we've been, give or take a couple here and there uh, over the last couple of weeks. So inventory is kind of flatlined, if you will. Uh, and in Huntington Beach, 219. So that's actually a little bit less. That's the lowest level that I've read off on the show in, in a couple of months. Um, so we saw inventory get as high as like 270, 280 here in a town of over 200,000 people. Today, we're sitting at 219. Uh, so that will continue to decline as we go out you know, throughout the year. Let's see. Alex says, how much would prices have to go down to get to the trend in, in terms of affordability? That's a tough question. Um, a lot of it has, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with rates and where rates are as well as prices. Um, it's not just price related because, you know, if interest rates come down, it makes affordability or it makes things more affordable. So if, if home prices come down a little bit and interest rates come down, obviously that's a, a double fit, if you will. Um, you know, Barry Habib, who who I follow um, with regards to mortgage rates, kind of the guru with rates, you know, seems to think, I watched the broadcast with him earlier today, seems to think by the first quarter of next year, you're going to see rates again below 5%. Now, what does that mean? 4.99%, 4.5%, I, I don't know what that number is. But, you know, that in itself should help with affordability, you know, you're going to see home prices likely move sideways, in my opinion, for the foreseeable future, you know, especially kind of heading into that holiday market, that winter market that we're going to be in in the next couple of months. So the market's going to slow down naturally um, just for seasonality alone. But on top of that, it's the affordability is a problem. You know, we kind of saw that spike. If you go back to mortgage applications, if you go back to what happened in the housing market in August, because interest rates kind of dropped low there for a little bit. Um, you know, they got back into the fours for some people and that kind of jumped, you know, sparked housing uh, demand for a very short period of time. And then rates went up considerably. In fact, rates went up, you know, over 2% since that period. And that was just about a month, month and a half ago. Uh, so I think rates are probably the better driver of coming down to make affordability there. But I think the more likely case is that you see home prices move sideways. And, and somebody asked today on a video, what do I mean by sideways? Well, you know, if home prices go up a couple of percent, go down a couple of percent, you know, that's more or less a sideways movement to me versus a big up, big down movement. And, and that means some markets might see a gradual increase. Some markets might see a gradual decrease. Some might see a bigger decrease um, than others, depending on what's happening in those markets, but more or less a sideways movement. And I think that can happen for an extended period of time because, you know, Annual price appreciation in for the U.S. was about four and a half percent over a sixty-five year period. If you're in California, that number is closer to seven percent over that period of time, seven and a half percent. So when you appreciate nearly forty, 
50% in a three-year period. You know, Boise, uh, Phoenix, some of these markets saw 40, 50% in a two-year period. That you've got to get back to that trend. So in those markets that have more inventory that saw bigger appreciation, you're likely to see bigger moves downward to get back to that trend. But you can move sideways, allow wages to catch up, maybe interest rates come down a little bit, and that helps with affordability as well. So I don't really have a prediction on where prices need to be to make that happen because there's a lot of factors, but there's clearly a lot that plays into that and it's uncertainty at the moment, right? I mean, I'm not sitting here cheering on saying the housing market's going great, uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not noticing any significant declines in my market. I don't know anybody that's got a deal in my market at the moment. In fact, I've talked about a couple of offers recently where we've gotten outbid, we haven't gotten accepted, um, you know, even putting in more offers, we're not really making progress. So that's where we're at. Jennifer, uh, our moderator here, Jennifer helps with the chat. She doesn't get paid. She owns a house. She really has no reason to be here, but we appreciate her. We thank you for doing it. So again, thank you. Uh, but a question, would you be open to asking real estate agents from around the country to discuss their local markets? We get a lot of inquiries. Absolutely. I would. Um, you know, here's the thing is when I talk to agents about their markets, it's, it's twofold. Um, one, for me, it's good uh, because typically I value these professionals' opinions uh, because they're people I typically know, I can trust. Um, but what happens is when I get somebody on here from another market, a lot of people say, well, you just got an agent on there that's just cheering their market. They don't actually know what's going on. Whereas the video I did, you know, what is it? Last week, I believe, where I had... Uh, uh, Ryan Lundquist from from Sacramento, who's actually an appraiser and and, and analyzes data outside of that as a kind of a, a second hobby, if you will. A lot of people found value in that video because he wasn't cheering on the housing market. He was kind of just saying, you know, he reads the data as it comes in. People find a little bit more value in that, in my opinion. But no, the goal here, I honestly, is to have some people on. Unfortunately, the couple people I've reached out to with the time we normally do the show hasn't worked. Um, so I, I will do my best and we'll have somebody on hopefully next Wednesday when we come back. So I hope to deliver on that promise. So John, John's watching from Lisa Viejo, feeling frustrated as a first time home is a first time home buyer, have a solid down payment, but these rates are pricing me out. So John's here in Orange County where I'm located. I feel your pain, John. Um yeah, I mean I I I get it, man. It's 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 crazy. Uh I mean with how fast payments have shot up, it's definitely affected affordability um, and what you're able to purchase. And, and so, if you were, you know, if you were buying, say, roughly in that million dollar price point eight months ago, you're probably looking at like six hundred, six fifty now with how big that increase is. And anybody that knows, if they've been looking at a million dollar property, chances are they're not going down to a six fifty property after that. They're sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to happen. So, I feel your pain. Um, if you need an agent, reach out. Uh, let's see. Anya says, what advice do you give your sellers to stand out? Good question. In this market, uh, pricing is obviously the, the most important piece. Offering more commission stands out to buyer's agents. Um, you know, you got to do things that, you know, you got to do the, the no stone unturned method. You got to go back to basic marketing. You got to go back to Letting, you know, letting the neighborhood know that the house is for sale, letting buyers know that the seller may be willing to cooperate with regards to helping them buy down the interest rate, helping them use that money as a credit to, to end up with a lower monthly payment. Those are really the things in this environment is like getting a seller to understand, hey, listen, the buyer pool is smaller. You're going to have less people looking at this property. So do the things that that people notice. Agents many agents out there follow commission so if you offer more on a property they're going to see that price it aggressively aggressively to start with um, don't try to shoot for the moon on the pricing and then again let people know hey listen my client um is willing to help you buy down the rate you know by by either building it into the price or potentially asking for a credit and us using that to uh, to get you a lower rate so hopefully that is helpful LFDJP. Have you seen this type of market before? If so, how did investors continue to increase revenue through the difficult times? Subject to. So, no, I haven't seen this market before because this is a market where I, I've been doing this um, over, almost 20 years um, through lending and real estate. 
And, you know, the last time we saw something even close to this was, you know, uh, was 2007, um, where house prices had really increased, but it was a different market for many reasons that you already know. Um, but the difference then is that people had higher interest rates, um, they had adjustable rates, they had all of these things. At the moment, people have super low 30-year fixed rates locked in. I forget what the percentage is, but there's like three-fourths of the buyers out there have, have or homeowners out there have something less than a 4% interest rate. So, and then even, and then even like half of those or 50% have a rate under 3% or something crazy like that. I, I forget the actual stats, but there's a large majority of people that are kind of locked into their properties, which kind of limits that inventory. So that's the biggest uh, difference between now and the last time I went through this on top of the lending standards are different and, and, and that market being, you know, people having to, they were forced to sell for, for multiple reasons. This market isn't like that. Uh, but how do real uh, investors increase value in this market? Well, a lot of investors were able to raise rents over the last couple of years. They were able to increase, um, you know, value or, or increase revenue rather um, through raising rents during that period of time. Now, if you're an investor looking for an opportunity in this market, I still think there's opportunities out there. Uh, they're a little bit harder to come by. They're not going to be listed on the MLS. Um, you're going to have to go out and find them. Um, you mentioned subject to that. That's a method of, of doing it as well. Um, I, I, I can't say that there's a blanket way to find it, but you know, find sellers in distress, um, you know, find people that are, that think the market's crashing homes that have been sitting on the market longer, vacant properties, you know, find, where people are motivated to sell for one reason, death, divorce, debt, whatever the reason is, and those create opportunities. But outside of that, there's no surefire way. But understand in this market, you get a lot of competition. There's a lot of investors looking for those opportunities um, alongside you. DJ Savannah. No, DJ D J Osvana. I have no idea. I wanted to make it sound really cool, like DJ. Uh, no, no. Um, when there's a death in a house, can the motive be disclosed? Also, there's a better chance of negotiating in this instance where the family is selling away. So, death in the house uh, in the state of California has to be disclosed in the last three years. the uh, The type of death doesn't necessarily have to be disclosed, uh, but typically, what happens? You know, a death is disclosed. You ask what happened. Okay, elderly, um, you know, someone passed away in the home because they were older or whatever. Um, it's, it's typically disclosed. Now, you've had situations where there's, you know, um, bigger issues with regards to homicides and that thing that create um, reason for selling. Not typically what happens, but that should be disclosed ethically. Um, and, and usually what happens if something's happened in a property where someone's passed away, you can usually Google the address and, and get the information anyway. So if somebody's not willing to give it to you, you can find it um, if it's something crazy. Uh, is that a chance to negotiate? Potentially. It really depends on on where the property is and, and not just the property itself, but everything that kind of goes into it. Um, in my experience um there are certain demographics of people that just don't that don't do that because it you know they don't like to buy properties where people have passed away it doesn't matter how they passed away in the property they just don't like it um it's you know it's something that messes up you know their juju if you will in the property um other people don't care i meet people all the time they're like i don't care what happened in that house i'm you know it's a house and i'm gonna live there and i'm not scared of ghosts and whatever so it really depends on your buyer pool if it's located in one of those areas where, you know, the demographic has a problem with it, then it, there might be a better opportunity to negotiate. Whereas if you're in an area where people don't care, then it's it's a, a more difficult thing. And then I think the type of death obviously can help you in that negotiation as well. Does housing market affect new build homes? Absolutely. 100%. Um, and, and we're seeing that across the board at the moment. We've seen interest rate rise and that's affected new construction. Um, the difference in sellers selling existing homes and new builders or builders selling new construction is that sellers, if they don't like your offer or you know, they don't have motivation to sell, they can just stay put. They don't need necessarily need to do anything unless they need to do something. Whereas a builder, 
they're not in the business of keeping homes on the books. They're not in the business of owning a bunch of real estate. They're trying to sell that real estate. So in a market that's slowed down, like the one we're in at right at the moment, interest rates have risen. New construction is going to be more willing to negotiate, which we've already seen people, you know, backing out of contracts in some of these areas, builders offering incentives, builders reaching out to agents like myself now more willing to work with us than ever because now they need us. Um, whereas two, you know, a year and a half ago, they didn't need us because people were flooding to, to, to new builds. Supply was low. That's changed. But the, the answer to the question is absolutely the housing market affects new construction. Pablo says, any information regarding home prices in Temecula? I don't know Temecula well enough. Again, I mean, it is sort of in my market, but not really. It's a couple hours away or hour and a half away or something like that. I don't follow it well enough to know. Um, but I mean, if anything, it's, it's prices have probably moved sideways, maybe gone down a little bit. I don't, I haven't seen or heard anything about prices crashing or, or anything even close to that. So just, you know, again, don't have enough information, um, on it, but if you come back next week, I'll try to, to read up a little bit on, on Temecula. If you answer that question again. So Andre has a question about recessions and rates. So historically speaking, Andre, recessions and interest rates, uh, interest rates have typically moved down during recessions. Um, in this instance, interest rates have actually moved up. Uh, but what I will say is that recessions, and technically we're not in a recession. Well, I guess technically we were in a recession because we had two quarters of negative GDP. At the moment, they changed the definition. So we're not in a recession, if you believe what the Fed is saying. So with that being said, as we move into a recession, because one is likely, um, whether we're in it or we're headed for it, they're deflationary by nature. Um, and, and in theory, that means the Fed can back off what they're doing, at least take a pause. Um, there are people out there, Kathy Wood. I watched, uh, if you guys know ARK Investment or, or follow her at all, um, very smart lady. Seems to think that a lot of what's out there at the moment is deflationary, um, that the Fed is going to have to reverse course, you know, probably sooner than they say they will. Uh, and, and with that said, as the Fed starts to pivot, at some point they will, that should allow interest rates to, for some stability in the market and interest rates to move down. At the moment, there's so much volatility that that's not happening. Uh, let's see. All right, Ivy. Ivy says, I got a phone call yesterday from my insurance agent telling me that Citizens is giving me a voluntary choice to switch to a private insurance company for double the price of what I'm paying now. What does that mean? Um, so say no, I'm staying with you. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is that an option? Do, do you have to switch or are you? Yeah. If you're in some of these markets like Florida and some of these markets that have natural disasters, especially after coming out of what, you know, Florida just went through, I'm sure these insurance companies are jacking rates and they have been for an extended period of time. Shop around, try to find somebody if you can. Um, you know, even if you're in like wildfire prone areas, that sort of thing, you have an opportunity to, you know, try to shop it. Try to get a better rate. I said, I did not want to switch. Did I make a good decision? I think so. I mean, it said you were doubling the rate. So if the rate didn't double, then you were probably making a better decision as long as your insurance company is reputable. Uh, let's see, Daryl, if you bought a home with FHA and in the same year you rented it out because you had to relocate due to a change in your career, when can you buy a home again with FHA? Um, in theory, anytime, um, you should be able to, 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 if you had to, to, to move, uh, for, um, a job relocation and you can prove that there's a job relocation, you should be okay to go out and, and use FHA again, um, to be able to purchase another property. So that would be my, I, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, you just got to provide documentation or perhaps the reason for, for why that happened. And you should be good to go. It's hard going by myself, guys. My throat's already drying up. What are we doing over here? <clears throat> DC Moreno says, what do you think about getting PMI removed? Purchase the town hall March 21st for 500K, conventional. It's valued at 650 right now. 
uh, is it possible to remove the PMI? So you've been in the property six months. Um, conventional loan, I believe six months is what you have to have. It might be 12. I don't remember. I wish Josh was here to be able to answer this question for you. Uh, but in theory, you have enough equity to be able to, to have that removed. First thing you should do is call your lender and say, you know, you believe that your, your value is there and see if they can, you know, see what it takes to remove it. Um, they might be able to do some sort of automated valuation, just type in the address on the computer. It shows the values there and they can remove it. Might require you getting an appraisal, an actual appraisal, but they should be able to tell you the time frame. Might be six months, might be a year. I don't know the answer, unfortunately. Sorry. Brandon Coco, how to counter offer buy price for condo that seller wants full asking price? Days on the days, our initial offer is 30K under asking the Bay Area. So, a home that's only been on the market 21 days. It's hard to tell you how to negotiate, I mean, you know, offer less than the asking price. I mean, what is that? <clears throat> Without knowing the property, knowing the market, maybe that property's priced correctly. Um, maybe the seller isn't willing to accept anything less than their price. And therefore, if they don't get it, they're not a seller. There's a lot of things in there. You got to find the motivation out for the seller of the seller. Why are they selling? What's driving that decision? Because that could help you in, in leveraging your offer. Um, but, you know, the word on the street out there is what that San Francisco declined 10% um, from from the peak. I mean, in that case, then that property should be worth significantly less and he should just be begging for you to buy it. I don't necessarily believe the numbers out there with some of this stuff. I mean, a really good example of this, and I'm going to use this in a video. So some of you guys are going to hear this twice. Is that my neighbor currently has their house listed for one2 that house is overpriced. It's it's listed for too much money. It's only been on the market maybe three weeks. It's listed for too much money. It should probably be listed for 1.1. It's a small two-bedroom property. It's But it's listed at 1.2. Now, whether that was the agent or the seller picking that price, I don't know. But what's going to happen is that house is eventually going to sell for what it's worth. In my opinion, closer to 1.1. So that's $100,000 less. So that's 8% less than where it's currently listed. So if somebody sees that and they say, oh, that property sold for 1.1, it was listed at 1.2, prices have now declined 8%. That's not accurate. That property was overpriced by 8%. It just actually, it actually sold for what it was worth in that, in that instance, right? And so when you see some of these numbers and prices decline, you got to take it with a grain of salt and say, okay, what's actually happening in that market? San Francisco being one of those, if it's crashing, like people are saying it is, that offer that you're saying 30K to the asking, that guy should be begging you to take the house. He's not, or she's not. Why? Because the market's probably not as soft as, as people are making it out to be. But to answer the question, seller motivation is what you got to figure out. And 21 days isn't a long time on the market. I mean, I mean, it might seem like a long time in this environment, but traditionally speaking, that's it's just getting started. Question, do the high interest rates help buyers or sellers, at least at least at this stage of the game? It helps buyers more so than anything else, but it also hurts. It's a catch-22. It helps buyers because there's less competition, less activity in the market, you know, a, a, more of a likelihood of, of a seller willing to work with you. But at the same time, you're paying a higher payment. Um, and, and there's less inventory in the market because there's less people putting their homes on the market because of where rates are. So in theory, it's helping the buyers, but at the same time, the buyers are getting affected um, just as much because the payment has, has gone up so much. Who actually likes those heavy, heavily edited photos? Which photos are we talking about? On, on listings? I don't. It drives me bananas when, when agents uh put filters and edits and, and all that crap on photos if you have a good photographer they don't need to filter the photos just fyi uh, but typically if you see a property that has heavily filtered photos be prepared when you go see it in person it's not going to look like photos. all right um james says do you think we will see eight percent average rate i don't but I also didn't think we would see 7%. Uh, 
Um, so, I mean, take take my opinion for what it you know for for what it's worth, which at the moment is nothing. Um, I don't see it happening, but who knows? Got a lot of questions from the same people. Um, can I ask lower than asking price on a new build home? Sure, absolutely, you can. Um, just like a car. I mean, you go to a car lot. There's, there's a sticker on it. This is the price we want. You can negotiate now. Over the last couple of years, you couldn't negotiate that car price. You couldn't negotiate that house price. But guess what? It's a softer market for cars. It's a softer market for housing. You can have negotiate. Nothing that's stuck in stone. Everything in life is negotiable. Dina, is a buyer needing a mortgage extension typical? I'm selling and they ask for a 10-day extension. It is. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's typical, uh, but it does happen. Uh, you know, for, for various reasons, I would try to find out why, why did they need an extension? Did something happen with the loan? You know, is something, you know, where are they in the process? Did they release their contingencies, you know, try to get more information, just asking for an extension without a reason is somewhat questionable. You need to know why they're doing it. You know, what are they trying to accomplish in that, in that extra 10 days, uh, that's going to suddenly give them the benefit, uh, close that that's the important piece. White boy says, do you think the rates will ever drop below 2.375%? Maybe at some point in the future, um, I, nothing's, you know, out of question, um, or impossible rather, but I don't see it in the cards, in the cards anytime soon. Uh, I, you know, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I don't think I would, I would have ever thought we would see rates in the mid 2% range. And we did they say, think we'd see rates again at 7% this year. We did so again my forecasts aren't really great when it comes to rates rich says are you seeing two uh for one buy downs i haven't seen any two for one buy downs personally but i have a client at the moment that is buying down the interest rate we're using a seller credit to buy down the rate um it's a six hundred and ninety five thousand dollar purchase getting a ten thousand dollar credit uh using that credit to buy down the rate uh to, to payment but in that case it's not two one uh, Navneet, uh, don't know New Jersey well enough, unfortunately, to be able to give you any real information. Uh, you know, I was talking to the last week, I was at Vid Summit in LA and there was an agent there who's from, uh, I forget the county, the wealthy county in New Jersey, New Jersey somewhere. If you're in the county. Uh, but she basically said the market's softer, but people are still buying houses. Um, you know, she, she put a deal in escrow while we were there. Um, we were actually talking about it because because I had just done the same thing. We were talking about the idea of being a softer market, but people are still buying. So I don't know it well enough, um, but here we are. So Jen said I should have called her. So Jen, if you want to come on, let me know. If you're around, I'll, I'll add you in right now. Give me a heads up. Spice this thing up. All right. Um... We got Jen Beeston in the chat. If you don't follow Jennifer, you should. She's good. Funny as well. She's got bangs now. I don't remember. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Bergen County. Yes, it is Bergen County. That's where the money is. So the people with money are clearly still buying houses based on that that conversation I was having. Uh, Um, any reason why my mortgage went up $7, bought my house last year in August, I have a 30 year conventional loan. Uh, one reason I can think of is maybe you, you impound your taxes and insurance on that. And, uh, what happened was the County reassessed your taxes or your insurance premium came in a little bit higher. The escrow company needs to make up for that new difference. And therefore we adjusted your escrow amount. Uh, and in turn, that affected the amount of mortgage that you're paying every month because you got to pay your taxes and you got to pay your insurance, and occasionally those adjust. Therefore, your mortgage payments adjust. Your mortgage payment adjusts. But if, if your rate is fixed, the, your mortgage payment should not. She's looking shabby right now, so she bailed out. So she put all that in there, and then bailed out on me. Next time. Um, is a pre-approval tied to a zip code? Good question. If I'm looking at two communities in the same city with different zip codes, the letters, no, 
In fact, it, it might not even be state related. It's an amount, right? So uh, clearly, if you're if you're buying in a different state, you want to make sure a lender, the lender you're working with, is either approved in that state or you get a pre-approval from a lender in that state. I'm using a really uh, macro example here, but zip codes, no state, no. You can use that pre-approval anywhere in the state. Um, it's just based off your income, your debt, and 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 where you're buying. Now, if you're moving somewhere that's a, a long way away from where you work, you know, if you go into the office every day and you're buying a house that's you know a couple hundred miles away from there, you got to be able to provide the lender with some something that says why you're buying a house in a completely different area than where you work. Um, but not that. But the easy answer to the question is no, you do not. <coughs> Autumn says, would you recommend going for a short sale property at a lower price at, at a lower cost in this market? My husband and I have a house we love that is a short sale. Potentially, um, there's not a lot of short sales out there at the moment that I'm aware of. Would love to know what market you're in for one, because that would be helpful. Um, but sure, I mean, here's the thing is, is It'll be interesting to see how the bank deals with a short sell in this environment. Um, you know, they, they know home prices have, have moved sideways, maybe even down in some markets. Are they willing to play ball? I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, back in, in 2009, 2010, when distress sales were plentiful, foreclosures and short sales were everywhere, it, you could deal with the banks and end up getting a short sale approved. It took forever. Some of these took a year, six months to get done. I bought a short sale when I bought my property in 2012. Um, really like the last short sale in my community. And it took forever, six months to get it done. Eventually ended up making it happen. Um, but I don't know how they'll act in this market, right? Because a lot of these, these uh, you know, loss mitigation departments and, and that sort of thing haven't really had to do anything for a long period of time. Maybe they're gearing up for it, uh, but it's worth a shot. No question. All right, so let's go back down. Jennifer's lame. Well, I think that's worth posting. Jennifer, you're lame. Just kidding. Uh, um, so Anya says, are you out of the race still looking? At so we are still looking for a property. Um, kind of limited our search. We know what we want at this point. I was telling a buddy this weekend as we were walking, if the right house came up in our neighborhood, because that's ultimately where we want to be today. And it wasn't like if it was reasonably priced, you know, you know, we could get it for what it was actually worth. Yeah, we would buy it, um, even if with interest rates where they are. Um, but we're not actively like going out trying to make offers on properties and that sort of thing. We're really kind of waiting for that property to show up. As I mentioned a couple of weeks, months ago, I put it an unsolicited offer in for a buddy of mine who lives in the neighborhood was talking about selling and he would have bought that house. Um, but he decided not to sell. So if he were to come back today and say, dude, I'm ready to sell my property, chances are we would, we would take it and move forward. So. Let's see. Let's see where we at. Um, uh, autumn was in Connecticut. So short sale in Connecticut. If you're in Connecticut, don't, don't make an offer on it. That'll give her confidence. All right, guys. I guess that's it. No more questions. Four minutes in. If you haven't done so already, it would be very kind of you to hit the thumbs up. I am here alone. I'm watching it as well. But answering questions by myself, give me some love. Let me know you like this sort of thing. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. What's the Nevent? Nevnet. Nevnet. Maybe. Uh, do you think it's better to take a five year arm instead of a fixed rate? I locked up my rate at 4% last month. So here's the thing there's nothing wrong with adjustable rates as long as you understand the risk of them. Um, I'm a firm believer that interest rates will be lower um, than they are now um, at some point in the next five years. Now, what that means is it might not go down in the next five years, um, even though that's what I, I believe to happen. Um, so you got to understand the risk. If they don't go down and you've only got a five-year fix, well, what happens after the fifth, fifth year? That loan's going to adjust. Um, and it's likely going to adjust upwards if interest rates are higher. So you've got to be able to understand that risk. Now, if you're somebody 
that is planning on being in the property less than five years anyway, which I don't necessarily recommend. But if you know you're going to be in there less than five years, adjustable rate's great, especially if the term's longer than you know you're going to be in the house. In which case, that's your forever residence. You plan to be there a long time. I think you have to weigh the two side by side. What's the difference in savings uh, and an adjustable rate versus a fixed? How risk averse are you? And be able to make the decision from there because each person you have a conversation with, they're going to have a little bit different opinion on it. Some people went through, you know, 2008 and they will never touch an adjustable rate again or or their family went, you know, had one and they're scarred and they'll never touch it. And that's okay. You just, you know, if you're okay with it, that's great. I personally would be okay with it. Um, but to each his own. Yeah. Jennifer says 4% is amazing. Celebrate. I, I agree with Jennifer. Um, I don't know anything about Washington, D.C., guys. I am sorry. Um, but here's the thing. It, let me know in the chat, like, wh what states do you guys want to hear people from? Now, I mean, if you guys give me 50 states, clearly that's going to be a problem. I'm not going to be all 50 people. But where can I get an agent from, like, a market? Because a state's hard, right? Because if you say, Jeb, give me California, there's a lot of places in California, right? We could be up where Jen is. We could be down where I am. But if you say, Jeb, I want to hear on Sacramento. I want to hear on Las Vegas. I want to hear on DC. I'll do my best to try to get a show with those agents on there. And second part of that question is, would you prefer to hear um, from all of those agents on one show? Maybe not all of them, but have a show where there was, you know, three, four people on here. Um, or a show where there's just one other guest talking about their market. Let me know in the comments. That'd be helpful. Let's see. Let's see. Leo says, how high do you see interest rates going within the next 12 months? Again, I've said that I've been wrong about rates uh, several times this year um, in many forecasts. I was, I was correct. I was wrong. However you want to put it, my prediction was not right. Um, I, a couple of weeks ago said, I thought we were towards the high end of where rates were at six and a quarter percent. We've seen interest rates creep up to close to 7% for some people out there kind of move back down again. Um, I think we're close to the top, uh, because I think you could see inflation numbers start to, to move down here in the next couple of months, which hopefully, I mean, that's really the driver it is if inflation continues to be a problem, interest rates are going to continue to be a problem. Um, in my opinion, uh, I'm a firm, I think what the, the fed's doing is, is, is deflationary. Um, we're seeing some, some markets, you know, some prices, you know, some goods start to, to come down in prices, which in turn should show that what they're doing is working, but we just had oil. I mean, if you're here in California, you know, I mean, gas just went up $2 a gallon in the last like two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is. It's crazy. And I paid. My wife's car paid six fifty seven for gas yesterday. It called me, cost me one hundred fifty seven dollars to fill that car up. That's nuts, nuts, people. That's not good. That's not good for inflation. I mean, if that's a California thing, then it's not going to necessarily show in the inflation numbers. Um, but if that's a nationwide deal, you know, if oil continues to be a problem, it's going to continue to put stress on inflation, which in turn interest rates. I, I like to believe that we're we're going to start to see some year over year numbers decline. Um, because of the next three readings coming out, October, November, December, uh, or high readings with regards to inflation. So <clears throat> if we come in with lower numbers, year over year should show a decline in inflation, which should help. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. All right. So we got people wanting to see New York, Florida, New Jersey. Again, we got a lot of states, not a lot of cities. Middlesex um, County or I'm uh, talking about California. You're talking about Jersey. Um, so I'll go through that and let's see what happens. See if we can get some people on here from some of these different areas. Got a suite in VA loan at 50% last year on DC. Would you would also love to hear about how to use something like an FHA loan to move into multifamily without selling current property? Um, Multifamily is is an option um, with with three and a half percent down FHA, uh, but you know there is a there is a I forget the the name of it that they do. Um, 
basically an analysis um, you know, with regards to debt to income ratio on these properties. Most people, when they put three and a half percent down, don't qualify for the multifamily type of property because of where prices are and, and so on and so forth. So it's a little bit more difficult than it, than it's made uh, to be because of of uh, of house prices. But um, it's an option. I mean, they do do the financing if you qualify. So Jen can actually chat in here. If she was on the show, she could probably give you some more information. But she so sorry, Jen. Uh, yeah, there she goes. She basically says never sell or refinance FHA three and a half percent now. You must be bored, Jen. What are you doing? What are you doing right now? Are you in New Jersey today? Are you in Boston? Are you in New York? Back in California. I don't know. Um, just looking. Says I would rather have one guest talking about his or her. So, um, we can do that. Uh, Jeb, Jeb, Jeb says, CC Ryder says, Jeb, are there any banks uh, that are offering a HELOC buyers, homeowners, a COVID modification? I have no idea uh, on the answer to that. Uh, what I do know is that once you've, uh, you know, made three payments on time, if you will, um, then you, you should be able to refinance that loan with a conventional lender, which makes me think that we could probably get a lender to do a home equity line, but I can't say for sure. My wife wants to know what I want for dinner. So I'm going to type that in the phone here as we're, um, as we're talking, we're going to see Carney. Cause did you guys know it's national taco day? It's taco Tuesday. Genius, right? So we're going to say carne asada burrito. That's what we're having for dinner people. Um, and we're going to say, you want it gringo style? That's what they call it. Um, no rice, no beans. That's how I like it. Just steak, cheese, guacamole, salsa. Really easy, right? All good. Back to the show. See how easy that was? Okay. Um, probably bored you guys to death here. So Junji says, Jennifer, would you recommend a rate lock in this environment? So what I'm going to say without, I mean, we'll put up Jennifer's comment here, but I would say, yes, yes, lock. If you're happy with the rate now, lock it. I mean, if you're somebody that that is risky, you're willing to take on, you're gambling a little bit, you're willing to take on potential risk, maybe, but lock it. If you're happy with the rate, lock it. You just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, like she said, there are some lenders out there doing locks and shops with no lock your rate, allow you to um, shop around whatever, or maybe in some cases, well, they won't allow you to shop around. You can shop around after you lock it with other lenders, if rates go down, but you can also find lenders out there that may be able to lock your loan and maybe reduce the rate if, if rates go down. So just have that conversation with your lender, work with a professional more importantly. Interest rate isn't everything. It's very, very important, but it's not the entire puzzle. Let's see. And then my wife asked me if I'll pick it up. You know? Hold on. She doesn't even know when I'm leaving. What are we doing here? All right. You, know, you guys are getting a lot of a lot of information right now that you wouldn't normally get. All right. Self-sufficiency test. There we go. That's what I was looking for on the FHA deal. Self-sufficiency. Question, do you need to disclose all issues with the house you sell? How would you determine what to disclose? So typically there are questions um, here in the state of California. There's disclosures that ask specific questions. Answer those specific questions. Um, it might ask if someone's passed away in the property. There's yes or no. That's not really a middle of the, you know, middle of the road there. So if the answer is yes, you type, you put yes, and you disclose why. Has the property been painted in the last three years? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Why? Um, you know, have you had any insurance claims? Yes. No. I mean, that, those are things you disclose, right? But outside of that, I mean, you've got to address the questions that are answered. But, you know, and or any known issues, if you're aware of leaks or mold or something like that, clearly you're going to disclose it. But if there's an outlet, for example, that may not be working, 
that's you know that's something the inspector is is supposed to find um in the property but you're supposed to disclose any known issues um so maybe you disclose that but typically speaking an inspector is going to go do you know some of these things um you know, the bigger ticket items that stuff you you probably want to disclose though all right FJ, FGJF says a YouTuber saying that rates can rise to 20%. Is that a possibility? No property values. Here's the deal. Rates rise to 20%, the market will crash. Really simple. I mean, I mean, it, it, it would have to. Um, but will rates rise to 20%? I don't think so. Um, you know, make sure you know who you're getting your advice from. Um, make sure you professional the problem with youtube or any other platform out there is not only do experts have a platform to stand on and talk about these things but idiots also have that same platform to put out their opinion on what they think is going to happen so just make sure you know who you're following the credibility how long they've been doing it their sources why they think that um that's all very very important but no i don't think they're going to 20 percent or anywhere close to that All right, let's see here. So NYC Drive says, does DSCR really work? DSCR is a debt service loan, uh, which means that you can buy a property and essentially put very little down um, if, if the, the incomes on that property service debt on it if you will. Yes, those loans exist. Yes, they do work. Um, I'm not in the lending world um, these days, so I don't really have a lot of information on them, but I know what they are. And yes, they're available and people do use them. Um, but clearly the rent's got to make sense um, on that property in order for that to, 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 to make sense as well. Let's see. Got a lot of comments, no questions. Uh -huh. Let's see, we don't have. So Anya says, did you notice that a holiday movie, It's a Wonderful Life, is actually about real estate renting and buying? I did not know it was about that. I've seen it many, many times. I um, thought it was more about uh, the gentleman finding um, out that you know, there was more to life and uh, you had a reason for it, if you will. Uh, but nevertheless, um, Shaman is under contract with FHA. Congrats to you, my friend. Uh, Nathan says, using a big, a big builder house expected completion in February 2023. When can I lock in? Should I lock in? So you're what, five months out at this point? Best case scenario. Typically, what I would say is that many of these builders end up not completing the houses in the time frames that they say they're going to. So it could end up being a little bit longer. I don't really, you know, that, that's tough. Um, locking six months out, you're definitely going to pay a premium to lock that loan. Any lenders out there you might find a lender that doesn't have that premium to lock it in. So I think, you know, having those conversations, I don't know if you're talking to the builder. The builder might be able to, to lock you in. Typically, you know, working with these builders isn't best option but you might be able to go into the lender you know, get pre-approved with them lock the loan with them so you have a certain lock you know something in stone and then go out and shop it you know closer to completion date find another lender transition to that lender potentially lock it in if you know um builder lenders aren't typically like i said the best option i would i would more prefer or more recommend a broker somebody that you know has access to multiple programs that sort of thing uh, versus you know the, the builder's lender because the builder's lender typically the, the fees and, and you know are a little bit higher but again shop it around and and see what's the best fit for you but i can't really you know this month out six months out it's hard to say where rates are going to be and what to do um at this point uh 
Uh, let's see. Awesome. Thanks for answering my question. The YouTube channel is Chris. I actually know Chris and the video is titled Get Ready to Leave Everything. So I know that would be a surprise to me. Um, I, I actually, I, I met Chris uh, recently. So um, I'll have to watch the video to see where he's getting up with the 20%. So next week I'll, I'll come back with, uh, with my opinion. You already have my opinion, but that's where it's at. Uh, thanks for taking my question last week on the 500 capital gains exclusion on the sale of an old home in EC, OC, where current mortgage of 512 at 0.75% and a million in equity. Wife wants to sell, but I don't. <clears throat> so what do you do? Um, sell and do what? Right? We talked about that. What are you going to do once you sell the property? Are you going to put money into another investment? Are you going to hold on to it? Can you find something? These are all things you got to consider. Um, if you want to sell the property, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to help. How's that? So Shamin says something very, very important here, guys. I didn't want to try to time the market, so I pulled the trigger. Was able to get an offer on a single-family home just under list price in the sellers, paying almost half the closing costs. First-time home buyer. So the the Awesome. Congrats, dude. As I said earlier, I think you said FHA loan. The key here is that, you know, not trying to time the market. Why? It's very, very difficult trying to time the top or the bottom. Is there a chance home prices move down a little bit? Sure. But if you're buying it for the long term, you're probably in really, really good shape. And more importantly, if you're buying it for the right reasons, you're probably in really, really good shape. So congrats to you. Uh, Praxia, great ongoing presentations, Jeb. What's your view on normal cyclical downturns through February 2023? Also, thinking we might see up to an additional 10%. So I think home prices, I mean, this time of year are going to gradually move down. Um, it's normal in any market. Now, when I say down, year over year, home prices are still going to be higher than they were last year, in my opinion. Um, that's why you're still seeing core logic in these guys at 12, 13% year per year. But that doesn't mean homes can't sell for, you know, a little bit less than the last home that sold or whatever. That's normal time of year. On top of that, rates are up right now. Higher demand is less. Sellers that need to sell property are going to have to do things a little, you know, be a little bit more motivated in this market. They're going to have to do things, um, to get property sold, which is probably going to mean lowering the price. In which case, yeah, you could see now, is it 10%? I don't know. I don't know what 10% is. I mean, the market appreciated 40% in two years. So a 10% decline, in my eyes, isn't out of the question. Um, but is that 10%? That's 10% from like where we are now. That's not 10% um, year over year declines or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, Josh, if he were here, he would he would argue that. But we'll see. Um, but Altos is, is good information. Um, I don't know Mike, the guy that, that, uh, that owns the company or the president, but he's a smart dude, puts a lot of good info out there. So if you're not following Altos research, you should. Ah, willing. Should I abandon the yellow career, see the danger and get out now, learn another career, you know, dude, um, maybe not, um, maybe a female, it's going to get difficult. The next six months in this business in real estate and mortgage are going to be slow. You better have savings. You better have, um, you know, some, you're going to have some time on your hands. So uh, in my opinion, and so, you know, if you're able to weather the storm, great. Um, you know, you, you got to be in it for the long term. I mean, like any business, the problem with this business is people come in because it's, 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 uh, you know, you can make a lot of money. And, and you can do it quickly and run up like we've seen in the last couple of years. But what you don't see is the other side where things don't move up as quickly. Home prices stagnate, home sales decline, and you're not, you don't have the amount of business. And so you got to be able to weather that. <clears throat> if I was smart back in 2000, you know, five, six, seven, I would have gotten out and gone into something else. But I'm still here. Uh, I'm still selling real estate. The day to day, the hustle um, has its pros, has its cons. Just got to be willing to, to deal with the, the good and the bad. If you can deal with that, then hang on. What's the current median cost of single family in OC? Your take on which city would appreciate more Irvine versus La Jolla? I don't know um, La Jolla well enough. I know La Jolla is a very popular market. 
um, uh, high price point market, very desirable market. So is Irvine. I don't know between the two which is which would appreciate more. Um, I would almost beg, you know, I would almost say La Jolla um, versus Irvine, but again, I don't know. Uh, current median cost of a single family cost meaning monthly payment or or price. But I showed this graph earlier in the video. This is rates and payments for the median detached home over time, Orange County. So the median home today, um, I, I'm assuming this is 20% down. Um, your, your payment's looking at what, 60, almost seven grand per month. So that's how much it costs. Um, I'm not sure what that price is to date, what the current price is in Orange County. Um, let's see if we can find it. See if we can find Orange County median home price. So the median sales price in Orange County for detached single family is 1.2 million in August. The year to date, it's at a million two seventy-five. So somewhere between a million two and a million two seventy-five. Question: What is the appropriate right now if you? If you are at least looking to stay in the property for 10 years, buying down the rates or refinance in a couple of years. I don't really like the idea of buying down a rate because it's a sunk cost. Um, I'd rather, you know, get the property at a lower price personally. But I, what I will tell you is people care more about the payment than they do the price um, because people look at that payment every month. But if you have a longer term time horizon, at least 10 years. I would say there's a really good chance interest rates come back down. You're able to refinance it, but you can't go in, you know, banking on that. Um, so you got to be able to handle that payment in this environment. So to each his own. I don't like buy downs because of, like I said, the sunk cost, and I think rates will come back down personally. Um, let's see. Yeah, Willing says, I'm scared and don't want to waste any more time. I'm not good at public speaking, and Phil Ello requires this skill set. Yeah, not public speaking, but you got to be able to have conversations, and you got to be able to have difficult conversations. Um, and that's where most people fail in this business is they don't want or can't have conversations when things don't go as planned, and it ends up being a communication issue, and you lose trust and all of that good stuff. So you got to be able to have those conversations, good, bad, and different, whatever. Um more importantly, you got to be able to weather the storm, right? The good, the bad, and what we're kind of going through at the moment. It's going to be slow. I mean, it's going to be a professional market. I read a stat recently that every single REMAX agent in the world uh, has put on their Facebook or social media um, because, you know, their CEO recently said it, but it said something like 91% of real estate agents have never sold um, a house in a market with interest rates above 4% and something else. So. There's a, there's a lot of people that got their licenses and and on the mortgage and real estate side when when things were good and a lot of them will disappear when things move down. It's just the nature of this business. All right, what do we got? And Jen says, "Get out now! Get out now!" If I get an arm, can I refinance into a conventional? Uh, yes, yes, you can refinance into anything. You can refinance into uh, an FHA loan if you wanted, or you know any other type of loan if you wanted to refinance. You can refinance into something else if you want to. Um, don't set time on that. Will I be live tomorrow? I will not. So tonight is the live for tomorrow because I'm out of town, back in North Carolina, visiting family, doing all that good stuff. Um, tonight's the night. Back. Next Wednesday, we'll be back on schedule. Jen brings up a good point. Basically says you have to do what is right for the client when an underlying passion, with an underlying passion to last. If you are chasing money, run now. And I would say that about any business, not just real estate, not just mortgage. If you're chasing the money, it's going to make for a um, unfulfilling journey, if you will. You're going to get bored. You're going to get um, impatient. All of the above. Not just this business. What did this turned into? This is like throwing out profound info with Jen being here. She's like our uh, our hidden our hidden uh, guest this evening. All right, guys. It is what time is it? It's six oh four. Here's what we're going to do. 
I appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate the support. I would love it if you hit the thumbs up. That would help me out. Um, this week, uh, we are talking about the idea, I believe, of what the risk of buying in this market um, on education. So if you haven't listened to that already, it looks like that little icon there in the corner. Go find it on any platform out there. If you haven't rated us and reviewed us on that, it would be grateful. If, I'd be grateful if you did that as well. But check out that episode. Send it to somebody that's thinking about buying a home, even if they're you know, a year out, six months out. It's all about educating home buyers. It's like this channel is. I do appreciate your support. And um, I'm grateful you guys show up every week uh, to be here and, uh, and put in questions because that's what makes this stuff happen. Uh, but for now, I'm out. I will be posting a video on Friday um, talking about seller credits, how to use them. And then back on Monday, there'll be a video and then I'll be back live on Wednesday, guys. All right. Until then, adios. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.